0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita Monthly Podcast. I'm Kim Neufeld, Executive Director, and I'm recording today with Amy, our Program Coordinator. Hello, everyone. In this episode, our Advocacy Chair, Alan Kyler, interviews Sedgwick County Commissioner, Ryan Beatty. We'll share event dates you'll want to get on your calendar, a Mission Moment update on Teen Recycle, and a Pro Cycling update. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things bike walk. Spring has sprung, and I think everyone, including myself, has a touch of spring fever. I'm just loving seeing more people outside walking, biking, and socializing.
1: Yeah, it, his outside is the place to be. The sunshine was so amazing last week. We kicked off our Walking Wednesday series, and everybody just really had a good time enjoying Sedgwick County Park, and I look forward to the rest of the walks in that series. Yeah,
0: if only we can have the same weather forecast. I know, we
1: just want to order that on repeat for the next, you know, two months. And our uh, Kids Bike Giveaway, we had a great time cheering on kids learning to ride bikes and getting their bikes. It's just so amazing to see their faces when they actually get to pick out their own bike and and get to ride around
0: and we really appreciate uh, evan and max jumping in to lead that along with quite a few volunteers to kind of help control the chaos share all the bike smiles so that was a very fun afternoon and look forward to see repeating those throughout summer Uh, we have one really exciting announcement that we want to share right away uh, in this episode We have officially expanded our hours as of April 1st. So, Tuesdays and Thursdays are 2 to 8 p.m. and Fridays and Saturdays are 12 to 4 p.m. And we're really excited to have our recycle shop open more so that we can help more people uh, get ready, you know, get Mm -hmm. outside and get rolling. We can also have more people coming in and helping volunteer, but that does also mean we need more volunteers to help uh, keep the recycle shop working and, and helpful for people.
1: Yes, this place doesn't just run itself, so it takes all of us, and we definitely need your help. And that's really what makes the magic
0: happen and what makes Mm -hmm. it special is everybody who wants to be here has a smile on their face. So if you like working on bikes and helping people, uh, definitely reach out to Cody in the shop um, or just drop in. We'd love to have you.
1: We have so many fun walks and rides coming up, and of course, we're adding to our calendar regularly, so make sure you stay up to date via our newsletter, our website calendar, and our Facebook page. So April, as we mentioned, we have our Walking Wednesday series. That actually goes to May 17th. Um, We'll be exploring different parks, different paths weekly, so watch our Facebook page for an event for each week.
0: And Tuesday evenings, uh, Cody is kicking off our bike mechanic classes, so I know a lot of people have been excited for this. Those will begin mid-April, and you'll be able to register for those for either the whole series or for individual classes on our website. Uh, So definitely check out our calendar and social media for the class dates and topics, because you won't want to miss those.
1: Yes, and Open Streets WSU is on April 16th. This is the first Open Streets for WSU. Yay! They're closing down 17th Street to car traffic so that you can walk, ride, and celebrate spring.
0: I am excited for that one. Uh, It'll be a good addition to the series. Mm -hmm. We also are partnering uh, with our trails friends, Prairie Travelers and Artie, for the Celebrate Trails Day on April 22nd. This is a national holiday to really celebrate all the work, keep our trails going, and to um, expand them, which is what's really exciting around here. So yeah. this is a memorial ride for several individuals who have really given a lot of time um, and effort to the local trails. And we will be starting at the Goddard Trailhead and riding from the trail through downtown, stopping at Bike Walk Wichita for lunch, and then on to um, Andover on the Redbud Trail, uh, if you're so inclined. This definitely will take either a gravel or a hybrid bike as
1: it is a mixture. So April 23rd is our Midtown Cleanup. This is a light litter cleanup and it's at 13th and Market Street. We meet and clean up for about 30, 45 minutes and be sure to wear sturdy shoes and bring gloves.
0: What we are super excited about for the last day of April is April 30th, Tour de Wichita. This is going to be the largest urban bike ride in ICT, so you definitely don't want to miss out. This is a party-paced 15-mile bike ride that really takes you all across the city um, to some of the coolest neighborhoods. You get to see all the art and attractions, tons of photo ops, and then, of course, stopping at all the favorite uh, local haunts in the city. So in addition to the ride, you can also do an urban hike or the downtown Mm -hmm. history and art tour. So there's kind of something for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have rented out the whole wave venue. So we will be having live music, all sorts of inflatables for all ages, including an adult obstacle course inflatable.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Right. Yeah. Half of our board has already said that's where they'll be. You can register and learn about more details on the website at tourdewichita.org, and we would love, love to make this first inaugural year a huge success as this is a fundraising event for Bike Walk Wichita and Great Plains Diabetes. So you can either register as an individual, you could join somebody's team, or you could create your own team and help us go really big. So. Definitely check out the details. We have great swag. It's going to be a great time. You definitely don't want to miss out.
1: And right after that, we have Open Streets Nomar. So this is May 7th. They are closing down 21st Street. And this is actually one of my favorite Open Street events because the, Absolutely. Food, the food can't be beat. Yeah, And it is just the vibe there is so wonderful. I love being up at the North End. And uh, so May seventh, Open Streets Nomar, and we'll we'll see you there.
0: Absolutely. So definitely, we hope you can join us around town. Make sure to invite your friends. Help spread the word, and we will uh, also be looking for volunteers mm-hmm. for all of these events as well. So stay tuned and join us.
2: Oh, today we're talking with the Sedgwick County Commissioner for District Four, Ryan Baby. We're recording this in March 2023. Welcome to Blackwalk Wichita. Well, good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Thank you. We're looking forward to our conversation. So we generally begin by just asking our guests to introduce themselves.
3: What do we need to know about you? The Welcome. County Commissioner. Yeah, it's uh we all start from the beginning. I'm fourth generation Wichita. I grew up in the North End of Wichita, 25th in Arkansas. Both my mom and my dad's family are North Enders. He grew up 25th in Jackson, she grew up 25th in Burns. Uh, my dad ran a bowling alley there. Uh, mm-hmm. from your, your, your fireside Waves. Oh, for okay. 40 years. My dad ran that bowling alley for over 20 years. Uh, so that was very much part of my childhood, UST 259 product. Then I went and played baseball at the University of Kansas, Jayhawk. Uh From there, I uh, got my first job, which was actually as a baseball player. Uh, signed a professional contract, played at the Tampa Bay Rays for a few years until an injury ended my career, and I moved back to Wichita and went to business for myself. Started a company called The Mattress Hub has uh, tremendously blessed my family uh, uh, now almost 20 years with this company. Uh, we grew to 27 stores across three states and, and that's uh, enabled me to do a, uh, other business projects, real estate, uh, married into a cattle family of all <laughs> things, a kid from the north end. you know. <laughs> uh, And then that also uh, gave me the opportunity Things that really are more passions of my heart. You know, I mm-hmm. got very involved in ministry. I was an associate pastor of a church for 12 years on the volunteer role, uh, very involved in nonprofit, particularly uh, foster care, public schools, uh, uh, prison reentry, bringing inmates when they leave the prison system, get them to stable housing. So these are kind of just some passion projects that I've been doing here the last decade that have really kind of captured uh, the bulk of my interest. And, and really, all these things kind of shaped me and moved me into the current season, which is now serving the community on a bigger level with, through the county commission. So I, I'm keenly aware. on this weird species. I'm a washed-up athlete, mattress-selling, <laughs> preaching politician. Like I'm, I'm strange, and I know it. Uh, that's what you signed up for today. So, uh, but that's that. That's how we got to here. Yeah. That that is an interesting background. It's quite quite
2: varied. Can you see that that has? affected
3: your approach to county government in any way? Yeah, I certainly so, uh, and it was really one of the catalysts that moved me into the, to the county role to begin with is, you know, the county is a unique form of government, and a lot of people don't realize this. County government and city municipal government, they are different forms of government. You know, we have 46 departments in county government, we have 20 cities in Sedgwick County, and what I see, what I've learned in my nonprofit, my business experience is this, uh, the necessity of collaboration where you really do have to get a variety of groups of interest and interests and people in the room to exchange ideas and collaborate on ideas to move anything forward. And, and that's what really drew me to county government, really, is this capacity to, to really all the interests, all the needs, the 20 cities in Sedgwick County, how do we collaborate and get people in a room to where we can really work on our greatest issues, our greatest needs and advance this community. So. Without a shadow of doubt, my previous experiences have really shaped me into what I'm doing today. All right. Well, we're going to get more into that uh, in a little bit, but first, we are bike
2: walk Wichita, mm-hmm. so we need to start out here by asking about what your experience is with biking and
3: walking. Well, like any kid, this is what I did growing up. Uh, I was thinking, mm-hmm. that you just gave me a, an incredible tour, by the way, of uh, the recycling program that you guys have here. And I just watched a family come in here. And what, five, six kids get new bikes and just to see the thrill on their faces. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I comment, I remember when I got my first bike. Mm-hmm. And see, when I grew up, I mean, we, my parents kind of kicked us out of the house and shut the door and said, go. And we rode our bikes all over the neighborhood. Uh, and, and I think generationally things have changed a bit. I know my kids, I have three kids with one on the way. We uh, We don't get that opportunity to do that as much, but. Uh, it was very much being out and about, riding your bikes, was very much part of my childhood. Now, today, uh, you know, we're very involved outdoors, my family is. We live on, um, intentionally live on 10 acres uh, north of Mays, and it's because we like to be outside. We want to be outside. We have horses. We have ATVs. We have bikes. This is my family. It's a family that is outside all the time. Some of this is I grew up as a baseball player, I spent my entire summers outside, but it's very much part of our DNA it's just mm-hmm. taking that energy and expending it outside uh is very much part of what we do right.
2: that's interesting i uh, I've often said uh, i bike a lot mm-hmm. uh play golf i uh, like backpacking but in thinking in thinking through it I tell people really i decided all of those are just excuses to be
3: outside said <laughs> something to do I'm the same way I, I'm on the same way and it's you know where we live. The, the seasonality sometimes makes that a challenge. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time: I would rather have it 100 degrees than even 30 degrees. I'm a, I'm a warm weather, hot weather guy. But, uh, but you're right; just being outside. And I'm I'm grateful that my kids are that, are wired that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see that a lot with kids. A lot of kids are indoors or video games. And, uh, my boys play their fair share of video games, but they like to be outside. And I'm grateful for it. What do you see as the role of walking and biking in, in Central County and the gover- the government's role in that? Big question. Well, first and foremost, I would say that that we understand that people that are active are traditionally healthier people. I talked a lot about, and Alan, you and I have visited about this in a previous setting, that I contend a lot for the health of our community. Now, when I talk about the health of our community on the government side, I, I traditionally, particularly in the campaign in this first year in office, Talk about the health of county government, economic health, mental health, relational health of our community. Uh, but the government should have a direct role in the health of our community because many times it's the government that bears the burden of cost of an unhealthy community, and that's a there's a variety of ways we can approach that. Uh, we need to be able to look and see. We talk all the time about quality of place, quality of place particularly younger generations, when we talk about economic development and what, what kind of community do we want in the next 10, 15, 20 years, this phrase, quality of life, comes up frequently. And, and, and again, that's a very topic, but what it, what it means to me is that we have a place that people want to commute to. We have a place where people want to stay. We have a place that not only just indoor activities, but outdoor activities. We have a place where people want to commute, where they want to have community and they really want to fellowship. And when you're able to build that, again, like I'm saying, there's a lot of different ways that you can accomplish these things, but uh, the government has a role in promoting quality of life investment. And that means, what does the green space look like? What's our capacity for transportation? What's all of these things matter so that people that come here want to stay here and they enjoy life here. All right. Well,
2: covered a whole lot of ground.
3: <laughs> that's just the way I talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine.
2: Uh, let's break that down a little bit. So focusing on, on health, yeah. uh, and the, in fact, a lot of your campaign was sort of structured around the concept of health in lots of different arenas like you, like you talked about. But let's talk first about physical health. Mm. So uh, the county Mr. Uh, served as the board of health. Right. Uh, and uh, there have been a number of, of government reports locally as well as nationally and and everything else focusing on the, the need for uh, physical activity as a, as a component of health. That is, uh, it, it affects your your physical health, obviously, but also your mental health, your social health, and, and so forth. But on the other hand, uh, in Kansas, apparently the research shows that people are not as active and not as healthy in, in those areas as in a lot of the rest of the country. What can the county do to affect
3: that yeah a great question uh and the county has a role uh the city has more of a present role uh, and more funding role and more active role and many people would say that the county doesn't have anything to do in those spaces i i don't contend that but i did, i do think that the county has a role in these i think the biggest thing that the county can do is one as a part of health is raise awareness and we raise awareness particularly with our children um, I, I am relieved to find out that you know, I've been on the job eight weeks at this point, but our Department of Health really is and ComCare for that matter, really are pretty intertwined in what's happening in our in USD two five nine in our schools. So number one is promoting awareness of uh, what is it that contributes to physical health and what are the determinants of physical health that really help set back physical health. Uh, and the health department certainly in the county's role in that certainly has uh, as a significant role. The next thing, though, Alan, I think is the county really needs to collaborate well with the 20 cities. So as we begin with our with our economic development and we start looking at road development and infrastructure development, that if health and outdoor activity, if these things aren't front of mind, then, the, then we'll continue to do the same thing we've always done for the last 50, 75 years in development. Uh, and, and again, these things, we have to understand the determinants that influence health. One of these things is, do we have connectivity in our communities? Can we get around our communities? And many times this conversation is solely concentrated in Wichita alone. Mm-hmm. What I'm contending for is we see the development in Mays, and Park City, and Valley Center, and mm-hmm. Goddard, and Derby, and, 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 and Mulvane, all these areas. is We're becoming, right now, 82% of the people live in Central County live in our cities. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know that the fastest growing parts of our county are, are, is not the city of Wichita. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Mays, and Park City, and Valley Center. So. County roads and county infrastructure, these things are shrinking. We're in 10 years, 82% live in the cities today. That number may be 90% in 10 Mm -hmm. years, 95%. Mm -hmm. So we need to think, we need to be proactive in our thinking about the connectivity of our cities. And again, this all ties into the health approach so that we can make sure that people have the capacity to get outside and commute. Mm -hmm. Well, so speaking of
2: connectivity, I'm also the chair of uh, the... Wichita already metropolitan yes. planning organization. Are you sure are. Active, active transportation committee, not the whole organization, but the, the active transportation committee. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, we've had uh, meetings that we've had invited representatives of all the different communities in the, in the region uh, to come and talk to what, they, what they're looking at for their active transportation planning and, and needs. And probably the single most uh, common thing that we're hearing from them. Is that they would like Wampos and the and the counties support for the interconnectivity of those uh, active transportation facilities, the bike paths and the yeah. sidewalks and that sort of thing. For example, Valley Center uh, has, has said, you know, they'd love to see a connection uh, to Wichita of uh, a, a bike uh, pedestrian path and so forth. And yeah. as have most of the other communities. Right. Right yeah. Uh,
3: how can the county help in that? Well, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Is the county really could be the catalyst and the driver, the, the, the conduit that brings all these things together, and and that's our necessary and appropriate role. And and I, I what I hope most people understand is there really is a significant need, in particularly in some of these county roads, county development. I'll give you a couple of examples. 167th Street. Now, this isn't in my district. This is mm-hmm. District 3, David Genesis District. Mm-hmm. Uh, 167th Street has been in the news recently for significant mm-hmm. car accidents, right. 21st and 167th Street. Well, if you go north on 167th Street, you begin to see that there is absolutely zero shoulder. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when you fall off that shoulder, you're going down about 10 feet into a ditch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, this not only is this a safety issue, But there's a practical issue to where how do people, if they want to walk or if they want to bike, you have cars driving 40, 50 miles per hour on this road. It's a safety issue. Mm -hmm. So when we begin to think about, okay, what's the next step for a road bike 167 is how do we make this road? How do we build this road for the future that will encompass all the things that people want to do outside? And again, promote health, maybe indirectly, maybe safety's the first charge. But as we're influencing safety, we're also influencing health. Uh, there's other significant projects that are happening in my district that I'm proud of. The city of Wichita has kind of championed. Uh, 37th Street North mm-hmm. is, is an area where they're now starting to put more bypass. Uh, 17th Street, uh, I just saw in January, uh, Councilman Brandon Johnson really championed this is issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17th Street all the way to Wichita State right, uh, with bypass. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other areas in my district where this is so big. So it's not just Valley Center and Park City and Mays, but the city of Wichita is really leading the this, And mm-hmm. they see it. I'm grateful for it uh so it's a significant role that the county plays more of a conduit than a catalyst particularly with the city development mm-hmm. but we also got to understand these county roads uh while we while we're procuring safety we can also procure health and mm-hmm. we need to think ahead we need to think of it. Yeah, I certainly agree with
2: that and that is actually one of the big pet peeves on the on the county uh, yeah. county roads is the lack of the shoulders although i understand that been a more or less informal policy that whenever they do are doing something on um, the roads, they do uh, try to
3: put in children. Yeah, so and, and, just... and you're right; it is an informal policy. Well, yeah. let's formalize. It. Yeah, exactly. yeah, And let's formalize it as a message to the community of where we're heading okay. and why we're doing. It. And, and, and this is the one thing: is you know, I'm a new guy to politics and government, <laughs> so I can get away with it for now. But <laughs> uh, the things that's always frustrating. Frankly, is that we just simply don't communicate very well from a government standpoint. Mm-hmm. We we don't we don't bring a collaborative, comprehensive plan, uh, a future plan and say, hey, this is where we're going. Uh, you know, I, I could go off on a tangent about why how we do this in mental health and substance abuse and homelessness where the community really doesn't understand a comprehensive plan. You see, in business and nonprofit, what we do is we build the comprehensive plan first. Mm-hmm. This is the A plus plan. This is the best foot for and then we work backwards and identify g- gaps and bottlenecks and areas. Well, we don't do that in government for some reason, Is we kind of just piecing all things together to try to go to some destination. And what I'm saying is, let's build the comprehensive plan now. Let's do that now. And then we'll work backwards and identify gaps. You're seeing this in a part of my district, 21st and Broadway, Balmos uh, Nomar. Um, yeah. They just got yeah. a million-dollar grant from the Department of Transportation, the city of Chicago, specifically for this corridor, 21st and Broadway. And when you look at No Nomar and the Empower organization, if you look at their plan for this area, they built the plan, a visual plan, and you see the green spaces, and you see mm-hmm. the bike paths, and the walking spaces, and all the shade. And that's, that's the appropriate first step. Mm-hmm. Let's build a comprehensive plan first, and then you can rally support from a community for a plan. We don't give them a plan. How are we going to rally support? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, that's one of the things I advocate for frequently, mostly in and mental health, substance abuse, of things of that sort. But, but it, it's very fitting for this space as well no that, that makes a lot of sense i appreciate your yeah. your your, uh,
2: your thoughts on that so let's turn to the second aspect of the health that you mentioned earlier and that is the economic health and particularly the need to attract uh young people to the to uh area and and to retain that uh, i think you pointed out in your campaign material that uh the two first things that you said are essential to that are a um I don't remember the exact name. but a vibrant urban core and a, and parks and, and recreation. Yeah. And in fact, there was a survey done by W, the Young uh, Professionals section of the Chamber of Commerce a couple of years ago, that concluded exactly that in surveying uh, the, their members and, and the, the people they talked to, asking them what was most important in deciding where to take a job after the uh, factors specifically relating to a job, like the salary and that sure. sort of thing, the two things of highest importance were a vibrant urban core okay. and, and places for recreation. Yes. So, again, what's the, what's the county's role in, in building those things?
3: Yeah, one, I think the county, they may not they may not be the lead in the development and the, and the capital side of it, but we could be the lead in the conduit side, meaning that we can raise the awareness and bring the organizations together that can do this. Uh, and I think that's the appropriate county role. Uh, again, many of these things. Maybe some examples in my district, District Four. There are several hundred vacant lots that we can use for infill purposes. Mm-hmm. And again, you hit the nail head. It was a YPW study where it was a poll where young professionals in this community. Because we've been talking for twenty years, is we, we're, we're great at building great leaders up, and then we export them to the rest of the country. Hey, mm-hmm. okay, what do they want here? And we need to ask, what do you want? What do you want? What do, you want? What do they want great? Right. A great workforce. They want opportunities. They want startup culture. What else do they want? They want quality of life. What does that mean? They want green space. They want open space. They want bike paths. They want the capacity to get outside and do things. And we need to be forward thinking in these things. Uh, I'm gonna give you another example that we're gonna be forced to deal with this quickly. So it's been in the news frequently that Wichita State and KU are working on a biomed campus in downtown Wichita. Now this is a generational opportunity. For a variety of reasons, Alan. A lot of it is because many of these, these medical professionals are going to be outputting our behavioral science and mm-hmm. behavioral health, and we certainly have a workforce issue there. Uh, but just think about 3,000 young med students in downtown, which mm-hmm. housing, restaurants. Mm-hmm. What are they going to want? What are, what are people in their early, mid-20s going to want? What type of economy, what type of vibrant uh, uh, community are they going to want to be in? And they're going to want to be able to get outside. They're going to be able to, to commute outside, they're going to be able to walk outside, they're going to look at multi-mobile opportunities to get throughout our community. So we're going to have an economic development opportunity if this thing plants itself to where there'll be a a transformational opportunity, frankly, a generational opportunity to build something that will retain these types of people that that we're bringing to Wichita. the county has a role, it's a conduit role, it's an awareness role, it's bringing our communities together and our nonprofit communities like Bike Walk Wichita, bringing them to the table, giving them a voice, and then listening and developing according to what people want. Okay, that, that makes
2: a lot of sense. I appreciate that. I understand what you're saying about the need to uh, communicate and to coordinate the services, but a lot. A very big portion of the, the county's role is on infrastructure, mm-hmm. public works, That's that sort true. of thing. A lot of times that is touted as being a key to economic development, uh, but mostly it's focusing on, on massive projects when 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 that is mentioned and so forth. A lot of studies show that actually investing in The neighborhood, you mentioned the vacant lots, uh, for example, in the neighborhoods, uh, and investing in the smaller projects on a more incremental basis are much more effective uh, dollar for dollar in creating economic development. Does it make sense from the county standpoint to look at its funding uh, in those terms rather than on the the bigger projects?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. And again, because budgets are about priorities. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I would tell you this, that I think we can do both. And again, this is why the the collaboration with the cities is so important, is obviously Mays is not going to want Sedgwick County and people from Sedgwick County going into the middle of Mays and saying, let's put a park right here. Mm -hmm. That's Mays' responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wichita is not going to want a county commissioner to go land in the middle of of, uh, uh, Maggie Bowers district and say, hey, but I'm gonna put a park right here. This is why the communication and the collaboration really matters. You make an interesting point though, know, economic development many times follows road infrastructure. So I'll give you an example, the North Junction that's happening right now. Now we all know that the North Junction has been a mess for, you know, mm-hmm. since the beginning of this mm-hmm. community. And it had to happen for safety reasons. But what that does is it influences it, uh, impacts connectivity. Connect, how do we better connect our communities and people from the east side and the west side, north side, so how do we better connect? How do we better connect Park City, which is just to the north of there, mm-hmm. to Wichita? Mm-hmm. There's another project, massive infrastructure project that we've been talking about since I was a little kid, and that's what we call now the Northwest Expressway, is how do we connect 96 to Kellogg? Go through Colwitz, through Gar- uh, Colwitz, then Goddard mm-hmm. and connect it. And the idea is why this matters on a big level is that economic development will surround that road construction, all that development, that big infrastructure development. And I I, I believe, it. I do believe, it. but I also understand as we're doing these things that we also can't get so siloed and so narrowly focused on the big project. We have to also understand what manifests from the big projects and these small infrastructure opportunities too. Mm-hmm. So I would tell you that one of the things that we can focus on in the county is how do we connect communities on a big level while well, the cities simultaneously are working on some of these small projects that really do the return on investment, and I agree, the return on investment is significant—the dollars invested for the output. So I, I would say that we can do both, and, and frankly, I think we need to do both. Now, I I don't think it should be the the, the sole focus and the sole priority, particularly for the for the cities, Wichita and and and, Mays and Park City in particular, but in Derby for that matter, K fifteen. But I do think that the county, the county's role, my role is to help lead in the connecting of these cities together, uh, while at the same time not forgetting that some of the multimodal opportunities for transportation shouldn't be left on the back burner, that we also have to focus on those. So probably not the, the best answer or the most uh, focused answer, but again, I, one of the things I'm really focused on in county government is make sure the county stays focused on its core functionality. Uh, while supporting the cities for the things they need to do for quality of life investment, so I think we can do both, Evan. I, I really do.
2: One thing that has bothered me about the Northwest Bypass concept in particular—you've only got one, you're doing good, and <laughs> I've got a whole list. It is that it would require a massive amount of money, mm-hmm. and there is nothing out there now between Mays and and, and Goddard. I understand the. The, the arguments, I understand, the fact of making the arguments that it would create development like along P96. First of all, I, I think there was a study done many years ago that disputed that uh, that uh, conclusion. But second, if you took the amount of money that was being spent on that and spent it instead uh, in within the cities of, on the vacant lots that you mentioned and that sort of thing, that it would be much more productive. Sure. The, any of the benefit that does come seems mm-hmm. to me that it would be largely moving people out of the cities to the new area, not attracting any, any mm-hmm. new people mm-hmm. or to the to the area. People don't move to a new area because they've got a great highway. Yes, yes. Uh so, so they're that, the opposite many times you have yeah, true. So I, I am mm-hmm. concerned about the, that investment compared to
3: other investments that could be made you could have a better yeah. return. I think that's a reasonable contention. Um, and again, you're looking at a project that's valued at over uh, $250 billion when it's all said and done. You know, the county, and you probably know it because you know MAPC and some of the things, they've already put a protective overlay on all that property. Mm-hmm. The county's putting a million dollars a year into a fund, you know, and mm-hmm. we're basically begging for the last two decades for the federal support uh, so it does still feel very much like pie in the sky. I, I want to give a different approach to them, okay? okay? Um, because some of these inter and in, infill opportunities, I think that we've got to do a better job of allowing nonprofit and private investment into these areas. Uh, I think obviously there's significant opportunity for the city of Wichita in particular to go in with some green space and to do some things there. But but we also have to understand the capacity that we we've got to, we've got to influence development.
1: So the community grazer will you that we're down on a low end
3: 25,000 residential units in our community. And he says the number is really more like 50,000 residential units. So we're talking about overall health. Think about overall health, not just physical health. Let's talk mental health. Uh, let's talk financial health. All these things are determinants of someone's overall health. Well, one of the big determinants that influences mental health is job security and, and housing security. We have an affordable housing crisis in this community. And it's a significant crisis. Prices are still going up. We don't have enough supply in the market to really meet demand. Or, and and many of the supply that we do have coming available isn't affordable for many people. Um, And that influences the mental health of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people, we see, I mean, where you're located, maybe not quite where your offices are, but a little bit further south of here, we see the face of a chronic homeless Mm -hmm. situation. Uh, Well, that's not the only face of the homeless situation in our community. The vast majority of people that are unsheltered are living in their cars or living couches to couches. And and again, so what are the influences, the determinants that influence overall health? Well, I would tell you job security, affordable housing, mental health, substance abuse, food security. All these things matter. I wish that we could pull a lever and just change one output. Mm -hmm. And what I've always known, but now I know firsthand is all these things are so complex. Mm -hmm. I say that to get back to your question, is that all these infill opportunities, particularly in my district, all these opportunities to grow green space and, and housing opportunities, and, and the city and the county certainly have a role. But we this is going to be a community collaboration. I mean, it's going to be a community mm-hmm. collaboration. I would venture, based on what I just saw out here in your warehouse, that your little nonprofit that's giving away over 700 bikes a year and have 240, I think, volunteers that are volunteering mm-hmm. here are doing significantly more to influence the health of this community than, than, than people know. So when I talk about how do we get to relational health, it's about connecting people. Connecting, government has a role to play, particularly in the infrastructure of this community. But it's organizations like yours and it's people in this community that are going to have to do the late work in regards to the collaboration and to promoting health. And what I want to do from the county world, I want to empower you. I want to, to tell your story and empower you. Uh, to do the things that the nonprofit community in particular does best. Mm-hmm. That's great. Actually, let's let's explore that a little bit yes. more.
2: I'd uh, love to talk about that. So as you, as you pointed out, uh, a lot of our uh, clients are homeless or low-income uh, people who come in and, and get bikes or volunteer with us to, to earn a bike or, or whatever. Um, and we've worked with a lot of non-profit, other nonprofits or agencies that, that work with almost the, the police department, homeless outreach team, uh, the International Rescue Committee, uh, and a bunch of different uh, organizations. One thing that I think is not really understood about what we do is that the bikes are often looked at as just a, on the one hand, they're just at it, looked at as a toy, on the other hand, when uh, we promote biking especially open to the criticism well you're just serving the elite people that go out on the on a weekend and and ride their high dollar bikes and uh professional cyclists yeah yeah. professional cyclists or or the uh professionals who just you know go out and terrorize the countryside on their their bikes or whatever whereas for actually for most of the people that we serve Uh, The bike is an essential form of transportation. They can't afford a car. They don't have a driver's license. They need some dependable transportation, and and the the bike provides that uh, for them. Uh, I think we've done a a, a good job in in getting uh, bikes out, like you say, over 700 uh, last year. And we do work with a number of different organizations, but we're always looking for ways to improve our our work and our, and our impact and so forth. You spend a lot of time working with all the population, with uh, people coming out of correctional institutions. A lot of our volunteers are in work release who are in front of bike and so forth. So given your experience in that area, uh, I'm looking for some advice here. Uh, what what can we do better uh, yeah. in terms of serving those those folks?
3: Well, uh, there's a lot of things that we can do better. I think the business community actually has a role to play, and it's a significant role. So, uh, I'll take off my commissioner hat and just kind of bare my soul yep. a little bit. And I think that many times, what happens is an individual gets himself into trouble and herself into trouble. It's caught up in the log, it's in our court system, the judge sentences them to whatever it is, and they may get this scarlet letter F on the chest, and uh, and then they do their time or whatever it may be, and then when they come out after doing what the community has said they need to do to make amends, they come out, and they can never get ahead again, uh, because either they got back taxes or back child support, or they got the letter F on their uh, applications and their felons and they can't. And I just think that the community has to do a better job of reincorporating people back into the workforce. And I think the small business community in particular can take a lead on this. Mm-hmm. I know at the mattress shop, the company that I founded, we, uh, you know, about a third of our workforce um, are what we call second chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, second chance either from the criminal justice system or uh, recovering addicts that we have in silver-living environments. And I just think the business community has a role to play. That we, we can impact the health of this community by bringing those that, are needing a second chance, incorporating them and giving them the stability to where they can make a living uh, and find help this side of the corrections corrections office. So uh, I think that we have a role to play. On the homeless situation, this is very, very complex. We are estimating that about 75, almost 80% of the people that are what we call chronically homeless living on the street are suffering from a mental health or a substance abuse uh, addiction. These are these again. I say you can't just pull a lever and solve one problem. Is you've got to look at all the determinants influencing this. Uh, and then until we can get our act together and how we deal with mental health and substance abuse, I think it's an unreasonable expectation that we're really going to move the needle on homelessness. Mm. So some of the things we're doing: at ComCare care crisis, the new Home care crisis center. Uh, I think that we need a regional mental health, a state mental health hospital here. All these things are in the work. Mm. I think we need a pipeline of new workforce. The med school that I discussed earlier, yeah. that, that's a part of that. And I'm an advocate for a campus, uh, a campus that collaborates all of our nonprofit partners and, and emergency shelter opportunities mm-hmm. for those that are chronically homeless or, or, or unsheltered. Mm-hmm. All these things together. But notice, I just mentioned something that the nonprofit community has a role in, the government has a role in on the state and local level, and our academic institutions have a role in. That's community collaboration. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we're going to solve these crises or get us to a functional zero point in these crises. I will tell you, I truly believe it. People look at me and their eyes glaze over when I say, I really think that we have the capacity in this community to be the gold standard nationally for how we deal with these issues, mental health, substance abuse, and homelessness. I think we can create a model with all those collaborative partners that, we, that people from all around this country look to Wichita and Sedgwick County and say, they're doing it right. Um, I think we have the capacity to do yes. this. And I'm hoping to be in the room to help shape those decisions. Okay. Well, we'd love to be a part of that, too, and contribute what we, what we can to it. And, uh, and again, because you drill, yeah. because how, what is the best mode of transportation for, for many people that, that aren't sheltered, or many people are living paycheck to paycheck, particularly in the urban poor? It is walking and biking. Mm-hmm. See, that's why all these things have to fit together right. like a glove. Right. And that's why you guys have to be at the table to give... You're the resident experts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't even know how to change a... Uh, I can probably get my chain back on my bike, but, uh, but you're the resident experts. Mm-hmm. And that's why the collaboration of all the nonprofits in the room, you have to sit down and say, tell us, what, what are the needs? Help us form a comprehensive plan and identify help us identify the gaps. Mm-hmm. As we're building this community for what we want to look like in 20, 25 years, you have to be at the table to give us your input. Well, we did teach classes on how to do things prepared.
2: I bikes, and we'd love to have you join us. So speaking of, of collaboration uh, among the businesses, and the government, and nonprofits, and, and, uh, uh, another aspect of your campaign that uh, you, you mentioned earlier focused on uh, relational health yes. and the need uh, to have civility and, and leadership in that uh, and to uh, be able to build a community uh, rather than focus on the politics and the ideology uh, yes. and so forth. And, uh, I think you you implicitly addressed some of that in, in the conversation today, and you know we're very much
3: agree with that approach. So I yeah. want to commend you on, on that. Thank I think you. that's important. It is, and it's one of the reasons it really drove me into this space is just the lack of civility in our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we? I talk a lot about advocating for relational health. Many of the issues that we deal with on a local level are not partisan issues. I'm mm-hmm. venture I, I to say 95, 98% of these issues that we deal with at the county and the city level, they're not partisan, but we make them partisan. Mm-hmm. We've been conditioned to make them partisan. We've been conditioned to mirror what happens at the state and the federal level. And when we do that, we stagnate progress. Right. We've got to be able to, how do we accomplish relational health in this community? We need leaders that are willing to get above the partisan fray. And to lead with civility and to work with people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. and to actually set the example of what could be in this community, uh, what what could be, and uh, I'm contending for it. And it may cause, I may not get reelected because I think that's just the way that most politics works around here is you got to bend for a side and 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 get into your cans and lob grenades to the other side. I just refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. I have principles and there's things that I care deeply about. And, Um, But many of these things have zero business and and zero involvement on local issues. I'm here to advocate for our local community. So that's where my headspace has been. It's the reason I jumped into this space. Uh, Some of the people that I've been very criticized uh, here as a way, because some of the people that I spend the most time with don't play on my political party team. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very active with Maggie Ballard here Mm -hmm. in District 6. We we have an overlapping Mm -hmm. district. Uh, Maggie's a Jayhawk. (laughs) Um, I'm obviously a Jayhawk. Uh, Maggie's a North High girl and I did two years at North High myself. Focus on what's important there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Maggie deeply cares about this community. Yeah. Do we have do we agree on anything? No, not at all. But we agree on most things. And the things that we do agree on, we, we work together on a weekly basis. I talk to her on a weekly basis, advocating for our district, um, and advocating for people And this that's what this is about. This is about people. Mm-hmm. Um so I may not be a politician very long because this isn't the, <laughs> This isn't the resume that really affords well to, uh, political success, but, but you know what it does afford well? for community success. And I just think we need people that are willing to step in the space and say, no, I'm not for the lack of civility. Let's contend
2: for the help of this community. I uh, appreciate that. So, speaking of uh, people and advocacy, uh, what advice or what, what thing would you tell people who are
3: interested in being involved or influencing their community? Uh, Great question. Thanks for asking. I would tell them to jump into the space to find the thing that you're most passionate about. I I talk to many people now that are very passionate about mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk to any teacher in the classroom right now and they'll tell you some of the things they're doing with behavioral health. And I would just say try to connect. Whatever, Whatever really moves your heart, your soul, your mind, there are organizations and nonprofits and initiatives and advocacy groups that you can join with and get involved. We need people to step into these spaces. Um, I'll give you an example in my personal life, Uh, six years ago I became friends with a district court judge here that was over juvenile justice and he alerted me to the atrocities that are happening in the foster care space Mm and I I, I don't use that term lightly, they are atrocities. Mm -hmm. Um, You're failing kids in this community, in this state really. Six years ago I started getting involved, I started showing up to meetings to try to understand more about the foster care system. And that led me to helping to found a nonprofit called Gathered. Uh, we are advocating, we are lobbying, we are transforming a system. We're serving bio families, foster families, foster kids. I'm ingrained in this space, and it's just because something really tucked at my heart, and I, I, I leapt in, feet first. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's me. Uh, but right. we need people that care about homelessness. We need people that care about. Uh, biking and walking. We need people that care about mental health. Whatever it is that you really are, are, are moved towards, I would just encourage people find the groups, get involved, and who knows where it will take you. Maybe it'll take you to elected office. Maybe it'll take you to other places. starting a business. Start a nonprofit. We need people to care. We need people willing to step in the gap and advocate for the things they care about, uh, whatever it may be. So uh, just go. I, I would just say, my advice: put your foot down step forward and go great so
2: i think about time to wrap it up is there anything that uh we haven't talked about that you'd like to
3: talk about well uh spring training starting for the royals <laughs> <laughs> uh the jayhawks are in the ncaa tournament uh no this has been wonderful i i, I will tell you when i walked into here um, i had heard that you guys got a new building i was excited to see it so. It was really moving when I walked back to your recycling shop here to see those kids that were getting free bikes mm-hmm. and that looked like they might have been refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see they were riding around your warehouse screaming and hollering mm-hmm. and yelling. I just commend you. I really do. I think you. like your, your organization is something we need to tell your story much better um, because you're really moving the needle here and you're really serving people and loving on people. And I just thank you. For what I saw today was really, really moving. And okay. you to know how many people you're serving in this community how many volunteers you have that are doing it, that is, uh, you're a champion. We appreciate everything you're doing for this community. Well, I appreciate that. And appreciate your time
2: and, and thoughts on that. i enjoyed the conversation too, so thank you very much. Thanks, Hal, appreciate
3: it.
0: Um, I was very excited to meet Commissioner Ryan Beatty and have a more thorough discussion. We've only met at different social gatherings. Mm-hmm. And so to actually host him here, to bike walk Wichita and sit down and really talk in depth was really exciting and educational. So I'm excited to hear that he has so many good ideas that I think will help be good for the region.
1: Yes, I am very encouraged and and excited that he's on our county commission. And thank you so much for doing the interview with us, uh, Commissioner Beatty. And Alan, thank you so much for your efforts in putting together the questions and sitting down with our commissioner. This month's Volunteer Spotlight shines on Gabriel. He is a dedicated recycle shop volunteer and event volunteer. And Gabriel has such a great personality. He's always willing to help others. And Cody is sharing his story this month uh, in our newsletter and on our social media posts. So be sure that you watch for that.
0: Yeah, it's a great story. He's a great addition to Bike Walk Wichita. We really enjoy all his time with us. Um, And it was so much fun having him ride with us in the St. Patty's Day Parade. So thank you, Gabriel, for all you do to help others and for helping uh, make the magic happen here at Bike Walk Wichita. So coming out of winter, we have amazing efforts being led by several of our staff and volunteers, including a new effort that we have been Kind of toying with for a few years but uh, have finally got it launched so i wanted to take a brief mission moment to share the work being led by evan and max two of our north high recycle shop assistants
1: it's been so much fun having north high students in the recycle shop working on their bikes i have tried to you know many of us have like tried to kind of stay out of their way and let them have their own designated space yep And Evan and Max have really done a great job in just making sure that the shop is prepped for them and that they answer the questions of the other students. And it has just been a great experience for everybody.
0: Yeah, watching their leadership in action is just, it fills my heart completely. So, and it was very exciting to see that all 10 students fixed up and rolled out with their very own bikes and you know, seeing the students come in during other times into the shop and help the other students uh, finish up their bikes. Clearly they feel comfortable in the shop, and so it, it was just great seeing the proud smiles on their faces after accomplishing that.
1: Yes, and I'm so happy that we can have a time and provide the space for them.
0: Absolutely.
1: If you're able to make a Members Plus donation, these are the types of programs that are supported by your donation. You can find the donate link on our website. And if you want to check
0: out the full story and photos, visit our website and click on news and you can
1: find the Teen Recycle Story. Pro racing updates. The bike racing is just going on and on. This is beyond the Tour de France. Everything is kind of leading up to the Tour de France bike races. And and you can catch the racing uh, with a subscription to either flow bikes or GCN and the Tour de France will be available for viewing on the Peacock service Just some riders for you to be aware of There's a Slovenian rider. There's several Slovenian riders Pogacar uh, Tade Pogacar has won uh, the Tour de France twice at such a very young age Primos Roglic he has won just about every one-week stage race. He's recently won the Torino Adriatico and the Volta Catalunya. This guy, Primoz, he came into biking very late. He was actually a ski jumper and was going to be an Olympic champion before a tragic accident kind of dashed his uh, ski jumping career. So he switched to bike racing. And there's quite the interesting photo of this gentleman r- riding a road race on a borrowed mountain bike because he just wanted to <laughs> see what bike racing was like, see how good he was, and he didn't have a bike. So he borrowed like a neighbor's mountain bike <laughs> and went and entered a road race. And so he was so good at it, even on such an inappropriate bike for that race that he was kind of picked up by a local team, and then he got into uh, Jumbo-Visma team and just has become their premier rider. The other thing that's kind of happened in the pro racing world, uh, his teammate, Wout van Aert, uh, won uh, one of the cobbled classics, E3, and then the next week he, was, he and a teammate rode away from the peloton and were coming to the finish line at Gent-Wevelgen And Wout Van Aert actually just like gifted the win to his teammate uh, Christophe Laporte that hadn't really been having a good start to the season due to illness and some other things. And so there's a lot of flack and feed flack going back and forth to Wout Van Aert about gifting that win to his teammate. And I think about us here at Bike Walk Wichita like we don't do anything that is not part of a partnership, part of a collaboration, and it just. Is so foreign to me to think that that would even be criticized. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I just can't imagine different that. world,
0: competitive world, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I just don't have that kind of competitive thinking. Um, and while Van Art certainly he has won so much that gifting a win to a teammate when they have literally have minutes on their the next riders that is just amazing. I mean, they really did quite the amazing thing. So the first Grand Tour that is coming up before the Tour de France is actually the Giro d'Italia, and that starts May 6th through May 28th. And that is bike racing all over Italy. And, oh, my gosh, the mountains there. Like, we think the mountains in in the Tour de France or something, but the mountains in Italy are just insane. So this is definitely a climber's race. And something we don't really deal with here in Kansas, but it's beautiful to watch Italy. If you listen to some of the inside baseball from the bike racers, they often say that the food that they get at the hotels in Italy far surpasses (laughs) the food that they get in uh, France and in Spain when they do the Grand Tour three-week race, uh, the Vuelta a España. Those are some things coming up. Hope that you have some riders to follow. uh, Just so if you want to follow an American team, EF Education First is our American team. And of course, we have several American riders on various teams. So you can follow Sepp Kuss, Nielsen Paulus, doing wonderful things over in Europe in our pro racing peloton. Exciting. I might just go and follow them and just eat, Uh, you know, because I I think
0: the food in all of those countries would be amazing. That's my plan. Agreed. Agreed. I'll let them climb the hills.
1: Yes, they can climb the hills. There are tourism uh, venues where you can just purchase and they just escort you along the routes. That sounds perfect. I know. it's, It's my dream to do that. Bucket list.
0: Yes, exactly. Just as our volunteers make the magic happen, our local business sponsors are also vital partners who not only make Wichita a better place to shop, dine, and work, but also support our mission to make Wichita a more connected, accessible city that supports everyone biking, walking, and rolling around. As our city reopens, please shop local and support these businesses who work to make our city better for you. Amigo Construction has stepped up to help BWW realize our dreams at our new property. Thank you to Javier, Mario, Evan, and the whole Esparza family and construction crew.
1: REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high-quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camping equipment, and food to support your next hike or bike adventure. I can't wait to get out for some bike
0: camping here soon. Bicycle Exchange is Wichita's largest bike shop, featuring all styles of bikes by Trek, Gary Fisher, Fuji, Electra, and a wide range of bike accessories, gear, and clothing. They're located in Delano, and have two locations so drop in and check out their selection.
1: Bicycle Peddler is our local specialized dealer located on Rock Road near Central and Bicycle Peddler has a growing selection of exciting bike apparel and accessories and a full range of services for your bicycle. They have also started up their gravel rides so be sure to check out their website and their social media for their Um, twice a month gravel routes and as with anything if you show up to a ride the first time be sure you check in and let them know that it's your first time visiting for that ride.
0: Pedego Wichita who
1: is moving to their brand new
0: location actually on the WSU campus near the 21st and Oliver development Uh, so definitely go check out their new store and check out their colorful assortment of e-bikes from cruisers to cargo options. And I know you can drop in and test ride or rent one uh, for a fun adventure.
1: The Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of recycle and to support our Operation Firefly Outreach to help make our streets safer for all users. Visionary
0: Print can help you with your podcasts, videos, and promotional materials. Check out our online store with a variety of fun bike walk merchandise coming this summer.
1: Interest, fidelity, and commerce banks believe in our mission and are working to support our city and your financial needs.
0: Coca-Dolce understands our need for quality chocolate, food, and beverages. Now that we're just a block north, it's a perfect stop for your walks or rides when coming by. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you to Alan and Commissioner Beatty for the excellent interview. If you are interested in joining us around the community or in your neighborhood, let us know.
1: And don't forget, our spring recycle hours are Tuesdays and Thursdays, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m.
0: Thanks to the huge increasing in biking and walking, BWW has an ever-growing network of friends who love shopping local. If you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing this year, contact us and we can share our sponsorship packet. That wraps up our show. Again, extra thanks to everyone for making the magic happen, and we'll see you out and around town.